Thanks, yeah. Cool. Um, guys, it's wonderful to be here. So thank you. Thanks, Ross, for inviting me. Um, and Dave Gord's here, and he started our Kloof Church. So it's so significant that, Dave, that you happened to just come in and sit behind us. So thank you. It's, it's wonderful to have you here. Dave's daughter dated my brother for six years. So <laughs> we know them a bit more than church. Um, I must tell you, so last night I was um, feeling a bit nervous for today. I changed my word quite significantly this weekend. And I was lying in bed with my daughter, who's seven. And I said, I prayed for her, the usual, like, say, then, you know, prayer, cover the family, you know, and everything she's doing wrong at the moment, <laughs> and trust God. And anyway, and then I said to her, see, would you mind praying for me, which I ask her often, so it's not like an odd thing, I said, for my sermon tomorrow. So she prays, and she starts with, like, God, just be with her and mm, help her to not be nervous. And then she pauses, and she says, it's not like she could win a trophy or anything. <laughs> and she carries on going. <laughs> Anyway, I had a good chuck on went straight through to tell my husband that she's not quite sure why I'm nervous if there are no trophies up for grabs. Um, she did have her in-house cross-country this week, so it might have been in line with that. Um, but I just, um, when, as I stood here in worship, and gosh, what, what incredible worship. Guys, you guys are unreal. Um, seriously, just, just incredible. But as I stood here, I felt, and, and this wasn't like me trying to like over-spiritualize this. I genuinely felt God saying that, that she, and I'm going to get all tearful, that she has no idea how big the reward is. And this isn't the word I'm going to preach now, but I, and I often get emotional. I say my antidepressants should cover the emotions, but they, <laughs> when the tears come, I know it's a bit more than that. But, um, but God is faithful, guys, and he is here, and yeah, I'm excited. I better remember what I'm preaching on before I do a different preach. Um, I'm going to read for you, so from um, Romans 15, it's not going to be on the screen, this verse. Um, it says, Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. So trust him and he will fill you with all joy and peace so that, so that you may then overflow with hope, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And today I've called my sermon, New Eyes to See. And I'm speaking into this, have you called it the same series name as ours? <laughs> the Happiness Project series. Um, and um, I, I'm so excited about this word, and I want to start with sharing a story with you that happened to me this past week. So I um, just recently started running a new podcast channel. This wasn't this big God moment, this was simply me saying, I used to run one, it feels significant now, let's start it again. So I did that. I was at a conference about three weeks ago called um, My Best Life or something like that. Was anyone there? It was Caroline Leaf was here from America. No one. Okay, so one of the speakers was a lady from Glenwood, so just here in the lineup. And she, just the most unbelievable story. So she is a doctor, medical doctor. She has five children. I know, I mean, she could have just spoken on that. The worst is the third was triplets, <laughs> so I'm not even sure how planned it was. But she, she's got five, they're now all teenagers. But more than just being a doctor and, a, and having five children, her husband had a stroke um, years ago, and so he's medically boarded. So she's got five teenage children, works, you know, husband um, can't work, just a really difficult situation. But what's incredible about her story is that she felt that the Lord was calling her to Syria, Syria. I mean, God doesn't call us there. Hey, <laughs> it, When the war had just started, now I didn't know much about the war. I've got to know it a lot since meeting Rose. 
Um, and so 10 years ago, she approached Gift of the Givers and, and in, in the end ended up going with them on a trip to the actual war, where it was happening. So I now invite her to come and speak on my podcast. I'm so amped. It wasn't this, again, big God moment. I had heard her speak, thought it's incredible. First guest on my podcast, let's do it, okay? In the meanwhile, obviously, I'm connecting with God, but not for this. She comes into my home. This is um, last Wednesday, or the, the Wednesday before last. And she arrives, and we, we do this thing. And as we start discussing, she says that she, so she's been every year since then, but she hasn't been able to get back into Syria itself because they closed the borders for 10 years, okay? But she's just been invited back. She said it's just been announced since she spoke at the conference. She's been invited back, and it's happening in 10 days' time, which was this Friday that's just passed, that she would leave. Anyway, in chatting to me, I suddenly see a bit more of her heart than you would on a stage, and I see that finances is, is definitely an issue. Now, if we're honest, most of us could probably put up our hands, okay? So it's not like it's this rare thing, except that she has to fund going to Syria as well, and five children, but Syria as well. And so this sort of comes up, but she doesn't say it in the podcast. It's not like she's like trying to get money in, not at all, okay? It was, this was just her and me. End of the podcast, she leaves, and I'd always do a little wrap-up at the end when the person's not with me. And I just thought... Again, guys, I don't know if God was in it or not. I mean, I know now, but it didn't feel like, oh, I'm filled with the Spirit, and now I'm going to put this out there. It was just, uh, this is what I feel. And so I said, I run a foundation, and I've got a bank account. And I just said at the end of the episode, if anyone wants to contribute to Rose's trip or, you know, her ministry, what she's doing, then just reference Rose and put it into my, my foundation. It's called Pastor Panties, Pastor Panties account. I didn't even say the account details. This was just a little graphic that I put for past the panties. I mean, it has panties everywhere, and then it has my bank account details. So they had to actually click in to see this. That was the Wednesday. I posted it, the episode, last Wednesday night. So I have, I'm pretty certain no one probably listened. I didn't announce it until Thursday morning. I then forgot. Thank you. He's seeing that I keep grabbing my teeth with my tongue. Um, and um, I didn't, yeah. So Wednesday night, post it, let it go. Guys, to be honest, I totally forgot about it. I didn't even tell her that I'd asked for the money, and I don't think she's listened to the episode because when you've got five kids, you don't. So she, in everything carries on. Saturday morning, I wake up, this past Saturday, so not right now, the week before, and pick up my cell phone as one does, and I often have bank reference things coming up because I have this past the panties account. So it's like 150 rand, 200 rand, maybe 1,000 rand, and we get a bit excited. I pick it up, and I see two payments, and it says reference rose. So I'm like, oh, yay, money's coming for you. And I go to do my morning wee, and I sort of click in as one does. And I start to check, and the amount comes up, and I like zoom a bit going like, it can't be, it can't be right. I mean, no one puts that into my account. And all my husband, who's an accountant and doesn't think like me, is thinking is tax problem, tax problem. <laughs> anyway, I didn't even go there. Um, anyway, I'm sitting there, and I click in, and I'm like, this can't be right. And so I go into my actual bank account. You know, on my banking, it's all connected to my personal account. So it's right there. I got in, so one payment was 5,000 Rand, that alone, I was like, sure, this is, I mean, how am I going to tell Rose like that? I've just, and the next payment was 45,000 Rand. I was watching what Dave was going to do now in case he was the one who did this. <laughs> I've been like analyzing everyone I know. Um, and, and no one messaged me to say they put the money in my account. And I had to phone Rose. I had that absolute flipping privilege of phoning this woman and saying, Rose, there's 50 grand, and it's already cleared because my husband said it's a scam. 
<laughs> can tell we slightly different wire, differently wired. Um, and it already cleared, and I said, could you send me your bank account details, and I, I'd like to put the 50,000 rand into your account. My dad said we should tell the person who donated it that we should give them some back because it would cover more than the trip. <laughs> Again, doesn't quite get what God was doing here. But the reason I tell you this story is it wasn't a like go Caitlin moment at all. I went on with my day feeling like, oh my word, I am so in awe of God. I'm so in awe of God. And that all just continued and I told everyone on the planet, as you can imagine, the story but as I started reflecting on it, I realized that I was perhaps more shocked than I should have been. And my guess is that maybe, maybe you too would feel like this. And again, the more I reflected on that feeling of like, why was I so shocked? I realized that instead of trusting God with my whole being, as perhaps I once had, I've sort of added like a South African spin on my trusting God. And so it goes like a bit like, God, I'm going to trust you with this, and like, I'm going to make so many other plans as well. And like, if you come through, that's cool, but you know, I've got all my other plans, and, and I've built resilience in the process, and we'll all be fine. But God doesn't require that of us. When he asks us to trust, her, trust him, he wants the all-in. He wants us to believe that he will come through. And so when that moment happens, like the story with Rose, where God uses an opportunity because he saw the problem, guys. I didn't. He saw it. But he also saw his people and the solution. And when he puts those two things together, yes, we should be in awe of God, but in awe of the God that we trusted, not, not in shock that, that God came through. And like, why me? Because that's the kingdom. And now I'm going to give you again a whole other sermon if we don't keep looking at, the, at my notes. In 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, and we can put this up if possible, Tom. I should have looked up there. It said the name. I don't know if anyone here is familiar with Issachar. Am I saying it right, Ross? I did listen to something, but knowing me, I would have changed it anyway. So Issachar, anyone, you can actually put up your hand because I had never heard of him. So it's, it's not, not strange if you hadn't. It's just the pastor people. You can ignore them. <laughs> um, so Issachar is one of Jacob's sons, okay? So we Old Testament, early in the Old Testament. Now, you might have heard of the 12 tribes of, of Israel, okay? It's, it's like a sort of more commonly used thing. Issachar is one of those, okay? So one of the tribes is called Issachar. The Issachar I mean, the tribes were Jacob's sons and grandsons. That's how the tribes worked. Issachar is one of them. Now, I've pulled out one verse that is totally out of context, but actually kind of not at all. And what happened was so odd. This money thing happened with Rose, and someone messages me. This is what happens through Instagram. I mean, um, you, you all know, I'm sure, how wonderful and ugly that world is. But someone messaged me and said, this sounds to me um, like an anointing of Issachar. And little did she know I was going to now take her, what she said, Google it like mad, and then preach on it. But this is what it says. They are describing this tribe, and these are the words they choose to use. Now, guys, they're not talking about like Issachar, the son, and his two friends. We're talking about 87,000, I just got on you, people. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't sit so close. <laughs> My daughter calls Sia the boss of the church. Sia's allowed to escape. Um, 87,000 people, and this is what it says. Um, so they're talking about the, the tribe of Issachar, and it says, men who understood the times and knew what to do. 
87,000 people. We've got 12 tribes, but this specific tribe understood the times and they knew what to do. Wouldn't that be incredible, guys, if we could just understand the times? Now, to tell you what was going on there and what they're actually talking about is that things that they did wasn't like they were following the political scene and so they knew what to do. It wasn't like that. This was understanding what God was doing. That's what they mean by understand the times. And so when Deborah became the ruler, most people didn't support it. It was a female. This was odd. But they did because, and it literally says this, because they knew that this was from God. Someone just agreed a little. <laughs> um, and then again, when, when David was, meant, was supposedly meant to become king, most of the tribes didn't stand by him. But the tribe of Issachar did, again, because they knew this was from God. And they didn't just know it. They didn't just understand the times. It says they understood the times, and now it's gone, and I didn't know what I was going to say. And they knew what they ought to do, and they did it. They did what they understood, I think this could benefit us so much in this world where there is so much darkness around us. And, and what, I, what I sensed when I, I nearly picked up my water, when I was preparing this word a couple of weeks ago, we were away, and I, I just kept getting the word light. Actually, let me tell you that story first. So my son, my son, my daughter's seven, my son's six, and we were, we were in the bush in the Timbavati, so I don't, in Limpopo, if you're not familiar with it. And there, it's particularly dark at night, okay? No lights, you know, for for miles. And so we saw the most incredible stars. And what's odd is, if you've got children, you'll know this, it's actually quite rare to see stars these days. I think back in our day, it was like a little bit different, um, but now it's rare. So for them, this was this huge deal, and we're having all these conversations on the back of a game vehicle about what stars they are, and and we made up some of it. But um, you you know the ones that we all know. We were driving home, and my son said to us, why were there so many stars at Leadwood, this camp we were at, and not at home? And or I think one of us might have asked him, and he thought that it was because God made different stars there, obviously, <laughs> to home. And we made him think more, and there was loads of prompting, as a parent does, as to help him get to the answer. But eventually he said, um, because maybe it's darker there, the sky is, you know, than it is at home, which obviously is the answer. And it made me realize that the light, and we know this, the light shines brightest where it's dark. And yet for some reason, and guys, gosh, when I preach, I always find God like humbles me to my core and they always ask me to speak on something where I'm like the worst of the lot. Um, And so when I say I'm, you know, sharing this message, it's to me a million times over two. But for some reason, it's like we've taken this light and we've been told we were this light and, and we know this, and we're like, yeah, we're the light of the world. And then we just like, yeah, but in this world, I mean, you must just like cover it slightly, like you do with a pot when you're making rice, and just sort of like put it on the edge. So we'll like shine a little bit like to those around us, but like, gosh, this is a complicated place. And yet in Matthew 5, I'm going to read it for you. It says this, you, you. So Old Testament talks about God being the father of heavenly lights, lots. New Testament, we hear that Jesus is the light of the world. We hear all these things, Jesus, the light. And then this is what he says, Matthew 5. You, you, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, 
and it gives light, gives light. I mean, how beautiful is that? It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And this picture for me was just so pertinent because these things come with a lid. But you know to take the lid off. And I felt that the Lord was saying, and we're going to get into a proper scripture now, but I felt the Lord was saying was that, guys, it's time to take the lid off. It's time to actually take the lid off and to stop believing that if we sort of buy into the darkness a bit, you know, and just shine here, that all will be fine. I actually read something and I wrote it down. Oh, it was so cool. I put it on my Instagram. <laughs> you cannot hide from the sun to escape the darkness. You cannot hide from the sun to escape the darkness. And yet it's almost as if so many of us have, hey, at least in some part, and we've embraced that darkness. But God's calling us out of that today. And as the land is getting darker, know that your, your light could be, could be brighter. God's on a mission, and, and I truly believe, guys, that this is what he's doing. It's like God is walking through every day. And, and last week, Ross preached on purpose and calling and that, and that you are called and that you are here for a reason. And if we almost like zoom in a bit, and I'm a real good zoomer alta, so this is hard for me, but if you zoom in a bit, it's, it's so pertinent that we believe that God didn't just place a calling on each of your lives and put you here for a reason so that one day in seven years' time, you'll be made the CEO. He didn't do it for that. Who knows? We might not even be here then. He did it for today and for tomorrow. And as long as we live believing that it's for one day, I think we miss what God's doing today. And so as he walks, I think God's going like, he's on a mission, guys. He's on a mission in your neighborhood. He's on a mission with your neighbors in your company. He, he's like going between. You can literally imagine him. He's going between each person going, mm, not today. Oh. And he's moving around. And all he's saying is, Caitlin, Ross, you know, Dave, grab my hands. You can be part of this. And it's not to say that we're all called to be these big evangelists. Some of us are, but it's not for everyone. He wants to just use you with your giftings, with your makeup, in your everyday. Let's put up that scripture now um, in Acts 9, and I'm going to give you a, a rundown. Um, cool. Okay, so you can read this with me. It says... Um, Oh, well, let me tell you what's going on quickly first. So some background, we're talking about Saul, who then becomes Paul, okay? So we know who we're talking about in New Testament, and um, Jesus has come, and Saul now is um, on his way to Damascus. He is a Jewish man, okay? And he's not just Jewish, he's like passionate Jewish, okay? And so he is fighting for his cause, living out, he believes, his destiny, okay? He's on his way to go and capture some Christians because he wants to take them back to Jerusalem and be like, we need to sort these guys out because this is what God's told us, okay? So he's on a mission as a religious man, but Jewish, and now we come in. So it says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest he, I'm just checking me on the right first. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. I'm not sure we are. 
He, okay, we're good. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Okay. As, he was, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, okay, guys, look at this, because I had never noticed this before. A light from heaven suddenly shone down on him. Okay, we, imagine, I mean, we've got spotlights here. A light shone down, okay? This light comes down. Okay, we can click to the next. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He calls him Lord. Who are you, Lord? Jesus asked, uh, Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Next. Not. There's no next. I'm going to read to you. Is it there? Cool. Um, the, men, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by hand. I'm going to pause there. It's incredible that the light, the light came down and yet made him blind. The light came down and you took away his, his sight. And I want you to close your eyes now with me just for a moment. They always say that, that when, when you're blind, that your other senses are heightened. But I think also when we remove that physical sight, we can suddenly see in the spirit a bit more clearer. You can open your eyes. Guys, I believe today that God wants to take us on this journey of learning, like the people of Issachar, what it means to actually discern what's going on, to close off our eyes from just the everyday and to see beyond that. And I'm not talking about seeing angels and whatever. I mean, that's great if that's how you roll and that's how Jesus rolls with you. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about being able to see into a situation more than would be possible with these eyes. And not just see into a situation, but being able to see opportunities where God wants to use you. Can we put up that next verse? We're going to carry on reading and act. I've sort of fast-forwarded a bit. Um, and now we've got this man, um, Ananias. Ananias, got it? Ananias. So Ananias um, also got a vision from Jesus and was told to go now to this man called Saul, okay? And he goes off in Damascus and it says, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instant, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Jesus doesn't want to remove from us what he's put inside us. With Saul, guys, if you continue to read this, what you'll see is that the exact gifting he was using as Saul, the Jewish Saul, he continued to use as the Christian Paul. God used that same gifting. God's not asking you to quit your job or to stop living in that house. Or He's saying, like, I have a call, and then I'm on a mission today, and I want to use what I've put in you. 
And so for one person, when I shared this with my husband, he came back with 73 reasons why I shouldn't say what I'm saying. And, and for one of you, and this is it's helpful when you wire differently to your husband because they can change your sermon for you for everyone. But for one person, this will look like that maybe you work at a desk every day and you're sort of thinking like, gosh, this would be cool, you know, if I was like you and kind of walking the streets all day. But, but I'm not. But perhaps God just wants to take you that step further in your faith. I know I heard yesterday on a sermon from Bethel where um, they shared, it was actually a Durban girl, how cool, on Bethel's Instagram page. Um, but, but where they shared, she basically shared the sermon. And what she, one of the things she said was, remember that seeing is not believing. The disciples saw it all, and yet they doubted. Guys, we need to believe first. And so I think sometimes we think like when my faith is there, you know, like when I really know, like if the angel came down and said, okay, you know, off you go and talk to that person, cool, then I'll go. But I don't think it always works that way. I think actually what happens is you send something and you go, do you know what? I'm going to like put myself out there. I'm not talking about conversion necessarily. I'm talking about being kind to someone. I'm talking about deciding that that person on the road, you don't know why, you never give them something today for some reason you're going to give it. And you do, and in turn you go, oh my word, it worked out so beautifully, and God goes, now I'm going to build your faith more, and I'm going to build it more, and you tune into that voice, and so then the person who's in the office suddenly sees actually something different in their colleague that they've seen every single day for four years, except today they send something, and they're going to do something about that, and the sort of bigger picture person perhaps has, has known for a long time that you called into creating this ministry at your church, but you've just been like, just push it down, I don't know if that's from God, and now you just step out in, in faith, remember the faith first, and you go, do you know what, I'm going to go and talk to Ross, and you see from there what God's going to do with opening your eyes in the Spirit. I had this moment, I have two stories, and my husband said I mustn't always talk about myself, but it's hard to tell other people's stories with as much like excitement. <laughs> um, but, but two stories, things that happened at the end of last year, and I, I'm going to wrap up after that. But what I felt, um, so, no, not what I felt. So I was driving to school, Noah, my son, in the back of the car, he was still at preschool. Again, not this big Holy Spirit moment, I have my daughter's jacket in the back of the car, an old, not old, like as an ugly, but it doesn't fit anymore, big willies, thick, thick jacket. Okay, so beautiful jacket in the car. And I'm thinking, I'd packed it in to give it to my, one of my best friend's daughters who's at the school. She's younger than her and it will be perfect. And as I'm driving, I suddenly think of this other family at the school. I don't know them at all. I don't even know the mom's name. And I think I'm supposed to give it to her. Again, guys, I didn't think like, oh, God is speaking to me. I must give it to her. It wasn't like that. This was just like, that's weird. Okay, maybe I should give it to her. I get there, and the mom's standing, like literally outside school. I don't know her. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, I've got something in my car for you. It's like very awkward. Don't know your name, but I've got something in the car. I give it to her, this jacket, and she's so appreciative, and she says, why me? And all I could think of in that moment, and I say think of because it didn't feel like God was speaking through me, only later could I reflect on that, remember the faith being built, is I said, I, th I suppose God was just thinking of you. I, I never say that, okay? I don't know why I said that, but that's what I chose to say. She messaged me that afternoon. She'd got my number through another mom at school, and she said, um, hi, Caitlin, got your number from whoever. I just wanted to thank you again. Da, 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 and um, I just wanted to ask again, why, why me? 
She said, why me? Not like, why us? Remember, the jacket was for your daughter. And I said again, I think you were just on God's mind. And she replied, it's my birthday. Guys, these are the things he wants to use you in. We're not talking about these big moments. It didn't feel to me like I was being led by the Holy Spirit. We have those moments for sure, but it didn't feel like that. And you know what? When I tell that story, there's, there's zero arrogance in it because I wish this happened every day, but it doesn't. But it could. And I believe that if you were standing up here, you could probably tell the exact same amount of stories as I'm telling. So there's no glory in this. It's just that God is in every day, and he wants to take your hand in every day to be that light in this very dark place, even if it is something as simple as saying, almost happy birthday from God. I mean, what an odd thing. And like, it's not like I've got it on Facebook. There was no trick involved. It just was like that. So I've just realized about three minutes ago that the time was going quite slowly. I've now seen it's the current time and not the timing my sermon part. So we could be about 75 minutes in for all I know. <laughs> so it's not abnormal for me. Um, I'm going to ask the worship band to come up as I um, sort of wrap up, and I have no idea what time we started, so I can't even tell where we're at, Ross. Um, I'm one of those people that when I write a sermon, I write it in bullet points, so you never quite know how long it's going to go. They've got to tell you once you're there how long it should go. Um, but I want, I want to ask you now, and you can actually just sit where you are first, and then I'm going to ask for a response after that. So let's just close our eyes together. I believe that today, and I'm not praying, I'm just speaking, but I want your eyes closed, that God wants to release a boldness in each of us. Remembering that this is not about you, it never was, it's not about me. It's about a God who is at work, who is building his kingdom, and it's beautiful, and it's bright, and it's the sun in a world of darkness. And today, I believe that he wants to, in, in each of us, sort of make this boldness rise up within you, where you start to, number one, connect with the Holy Spirit that he's placed within you, and number two, that you start to act on that as the people of Issachar did. Guys, I want to say that whoever you are sitting here, know that you are not unqualified for this. In God's kingdom, it simply doesn't work that way. It's about him and about what Jesus did and not really about us at all, except, except that he placed certain gifts in you that he didn't place in the person next to you. And so he wants you to be part of the story. And he wants to use you, and he wants to show you as he uses you how your faith can build and how you can start to see those opportunities and embrace them and bring glory to his kingdom and joy to your heart and light to this world. If you can stand with me, but just keep your eyes closed. Oh, I mean, that could be tricky. Open your eyes to stand up and then close them again. <laughs> the step off the edge of the stage. Cool, with your eyes closed, the first thing I want to say is that, is that if you are here and, and, and you don't know God yet, or you're just not sure if you even 
in this relationship thing with God or filled with the Holy Spirit, then I'm not gonna ask you to put up your hand now. I'm rather gonna ask you at the end of the service to come to the front here. And there's, there are a whole lot of us here that, that would love to pray with you. We won't all do it together, I promise. But there are individuals up here who would love to pray with you and, and welcome you into this beautiful picture of, of being the light of the world and of accepting Jesus as your savior. And then I wanna speak, speak to everyone else before we sing this song. The first group that I wanna to speak to with your eyes closed, if you feel like your whole life is accounted for and you, you don't have space for sort of big ideas, I wanna ask you what one thing can you trust God for an opportunity to act on? What one thing? And then if you find that you're more of a, a sort of small act person or even a sort of change the world personality, remember he made us like this. As we sing this song, I want you to, to, to sort of sit with the Lord and sing with the Lord and step out in boldness as he starts to show you the opportunities as to what he's got for you, whether it's starting something new, whether it's a little moment at work, whatever that is. We're going to sing a song now, and it's, it's not a quiet ministry song because I don't believe that's what God's calling us to right now. It's, it's raise a hallelujah because, guys, that's what he's calling you to do. Is to take off that lid, and I want you to remember that picture of that candle, to take off the lid. Take off the lid of the candle that's sort of been hiding in its little spot. Maybe the lid was a little off, or maybe it was fully on and to shine that light. As you, as you, not as the person next to you, he made you you and he wants that light to shine from within you. Remember, you not the light, it's him in you. And oh, I didn't even share that picture. You can open your eyes quickly. This is so cool. So these candles went like this because I put them too close to the window and they melted. But this is why they bent like this. But as I was just going over my sermon this morning in our spare room, that's where they live, I saw this picture and, and this is it, guys. It's lean into him, lean into him, who is the, the candle, the light, and he will ignite you. He will ignite you. And then you go out to live. And then you go out and do your thing with a, with a fresh sort of dose of boldness because it's who he made you. Remember, not that boldness of someone else. You don't have to be like me. I don't want you to, and he doesn't want you to. It's the boldness that he wants to rise within you. I'm gonna pray over us, and then if we can sing. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you are, you are such an individual God, Lord, that, that whilst you love us all, you love us each as individuals, Lord, and you created us on purpose. And today, Father God, we just reclaim our position in the kingdom. And we say we back, Lord. We back, Jesus. We want to see those opportunities that you have, Lord God, for us every day. That you want to, we know, grab our hands. And Lord, we put up our hands and put out our hands now. And we we want to grab hands with you, Jesus. We want to be part of this mission that you are on. We want to be reignited, that flame reignited, Lord, so that, that we can be your people and we can shine bright in this, in this very dark and complicated place. 
Thank you, Father, for just a fresh boldness, a fresh sort of dose of boldness to rise up within us. A new faith, a faith of being sure of what we cannot see. We cannot see it, and yet, Lord, we are sure. Rise that up in us, Jesus, that we'd be able to go out this week, Lord, and and live with just such a deep surety of who we are and who we carry. Thanks, guys.
As you go, you, you're going into public holiday. And you, you're going to have News 24 and Maverick and a whole bunch of other things. Why don't you just spend a bit more time today staring at Jesus so that you will be blinded. Because if you get blinded by Jesus, what happens is when you look into the darkness, you can actually see. You can see how unscary it is. You can see how small it is. You can see in reflection of Jesus what you can do in it. May light fill your life and may light make visible your path and may my light impact those around you. Have a phenomenal rest of your weekend. May God bless you. Lovely being with you. God bless.